Well, Psalm 103 is a psalm of David, and you'll find it on page 605. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Well, for most of us, the last couple of years have been turbulent. We've bounced from one challenge to another, exhausting ourselves with the decisions we've had to make about everyday matters, balancing responsibilities left, right and centre, mainly just trying to keep our heads above water as we're battered on every side. We've, become, we've been distressed by horror scenes from around the world and watching the news has become a mental health trigger. There've been good things too. Seeing people care for others in the community, sharing rats, looking out for neighbors, valuing the simple things in life. I heard someone last week compare it to whitewater rafting. Initially, you're enjoying the thrill of a new adventure. The water's relatively calm and you think, I can do this. This isn't so bad. You're able to look at the scenery around about you, seeing what's going on in the shoreline, not having to focus too much on the water. But then it starts to get a bit bumpy as you go over some of the low rapids. You get knocked around a little, going from side to side, but you're still able to appreciate your surrounds and you're managing to hang on. 
but the buffering of the waves and the speed of the rapids picks up and all you can do is focus on the water. You feel every bump. The water's splashing into your face. You're getting um, thrown up into the air and there's an intensity to your experience. It's taking all your energy. And then you fall out of the raft. You're struggling for air, fighting the water as you get swept along. You're panicking, and in a moment of lucidity, you think to look for something to grab hold of, something to hold on to, to give you time to breathe and work out a strategy. You grasp a rock, jutting out of the water, and hold on. It's secure. It's stable. It's solid. You can catch your breath. You can survey your surroundings. You can plan. Well, our psalm today was written by King David. David experienced many a turbulent time in his life, some due to his obedience to God, but many due to his sinful disobedience of God. But the rock that he held on to, as shown in this psalm, is God's love, God's covenantal faithfulness. You may remember that when we looked at the story of Ruth last year, we came across the concept of hesed. Hesed is a Hebrew word, and whilst it's hard to define in English, it reflects God's grace, his kindness, his covenant favor, his faithful love. Hesed is not just an abstract feeling or emotion, but always involves practical action on behalf of another. Theologian John Oswald described Hesed as a completely undeserved kindness and generosity. In Ruth, we saw examples of Hesed in the way that Boaz related to Ruth, and in the way that God provided for Naomi, Boaz, and Ruth in making them part of his covenant to restore the relationship of the creator with the created. Ultimately, through their descendant, our savior, Jesus Christ. Well, the word hesed is used in verses 11 and 17 of this psalm, translated in our Bibles as love. David's rock is being reminded of the covenantal faithfulness and love of God. And in verse 11, we get a sense of the extent of God's love. You might have done this with your children or grandchildren, or remember your parents say this to you, how much do you love me? And they reply, this much. Their love exceeds their ability to quantify it, their ability to find the vocabulary or measurement. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And in verse 17, we read that from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. God's love is infinite and everlasting. And we're reminded of that in Romans chapter eight. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But how do we know about God's faithful covenantal love? Well, David tells us in this psalm, he gives us reasons why we can say that God's love is as expansive as it is. We see it in God's character in verses 3 to 6, in God's forgiveness in verses 6 to 12, and in God's compassion in verses 13 to 19. So let's look at these in more detail. Firstly, God's character. God bestows many benefits on us as individuals. Verses three to six include individual forgiveness, healing, redemption, love and compassion, provision, renewal and justice. As we look over our own lives, we can see his character through the benefits he has bestowed on us. You might like to take a moment now to reflect on how God has shown you his character in your life. Well, we can also recall how he has individually shown his grace and mercy to our brothers and sisters. Over the last 25 years here at St. Columns, we have seen people healed, either physically or spiritually. We've seen broken people redeemed and saved. We've seen answered prayers for God's provision. We have evidence in countless individual lives of God's character. Well, the character trait that David focuses on in this psalm to reflect God's covenantal love is that he is a forgiving God. David knew what it was to disobey God. He committed adultery and murder arising out of lust and pride. And yet, in verse 7, he looks back to God revealing himself to Moses and through him to Israel. He's reminded that time and again, God forgave them when they turned away from him. God's forgiveness is both individual and corporate. David has moved from a reflection of how he personally has experienced God to how his people have experienced God. Isn't it incredible to hear God, David describe God's forgiveness and that he removes our transgressions from us further than the ends of the earth? And this even before Jesus died on the cross. David had this knowledge and experience of God's forgiveness and that he could rely on God's faithfulness because of God's covenants with Abraham, Moses, and also David. 
And yet we have the added assurance of the cross. Jesus came as a ransom for many and to pay the price for his people. It wasn't that our sins would go unpunished, but that Jesus would bear the cost of our sins, taking on the punishment that was meant for us. In the Getty Townend song, The Power of the Cross, the final chorus goes, this is the power of the cross, son of God slain for us. What a love, what a cost. We stand forgiven at the cross. When we come to God repentant because of his character, because of his grace, we are forgiven. It's possible for us to put the mistakes of yesterday behind us and enjoy the forgiveness of God, looking forward to a renewed life in the power of God's Holy Spirit. So we see evidence of God's covenantal faithfulness through his character and his forgiveness. We also see his faithfulness demonstrated through his compassion. One of the consequences of sin entering the world is that we don't live forever in our mortal bodies. The God who created us determines when our mortal life ends. This can be confronting for us. David knew this all too well. He experienced the grief of death close to home with the death of some of his sons. He knew the pain and anguish that followed, the depth of grief. And yet he had hope in the midst of mourning. This wasn't just theory for him. Dust is fragile. It can be all over the place. It can blow with the wind. When we feel our fragility, this psalm reminds us that someone understands us. Not just someone, God. He remembers that we are dust and he makes allowances for us. We stand in need of his forgiveness and he forgives. He shows compassion. And through God's love and compassion, he directs us in our daily lives. God revealed his ways to Moses and he and his people were called to obey his ways. A friend of mine starts each day with the words of Psalm 143, verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Through God's compassion and mercy, the way forward for us is not just to the end of our days, it's for all eternity, from everlasting to everlasting. We've seen David's hope demonstrated because Jesus rose from the dead. This is the guarantee that all those who sleep in death will rise with Christ. We are mortal and yet we inherit eternal life with the God who created us in his image. 
Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. That day, when there will be no more need for us to be forgiven or to seek direction because of these struggles will be behind us. No longer dust, but shaped and molded according to the pattern of the risen Lord, complete in Christ. Well, David's secure and stable rock in times of turbulence and trial is Hesed, God's covenant faithfulness. And he knows this because of God's character, his forgiveness, his compassion. And what is his response? His response is to praise. In verse 1, David praises with his whole being, right from his very core. Did you see Ash Barty's reaction to her winning shot last night? The emotion that she'd been holding in for the entire tournament came to the fore and took over her whole being. It was visceral. Have you ever felt emotion like that? We may not have won a Grand Slam, but we might have experienced intense emotion in response to something else. Well, David's emotions swell up within him as he responds to God's deep love and as he recalls God's character, forgiveness and compassion. And he can but praise God. His response is personal. And he worships with his whole heart, body, mind, and strength. The psalm starts and ends with David's individual praise of God. But it's not just David who experiences this response to who God is and what he has done. In verses 20 to 22, the whole of creation joins in the praise of God. And so the psalmist is at one with creation as he joins in these songs of never-ending praise. We're not alone in our praise of God. We join with other Christians around the world and throughout history with heaven and earth as we acknowledge the creator and worship him. How wonderful it is to share in this experience together as we glorify God. And praising God is more about our attitude than what we actually do. We can praise God through our work, through our prayers, through our words, through our reflection. Praise is looking to God in all we do and having an attitude that wants to worship him for who he is. But one of the most wonderful ways we can do this together is to sing. We don't have to sing in tune. We don't have to sing loudly. But singing uses every ounce of our body as our lungs, diaphragms, vocal cords, and all the muscles in our body work together to produce a sound that connects with our emotions and ultimately our soul. 
one of my favorite things is to sing with the people at St. Columns as our voices meld together in praise of God. Heartfelt praise as we sing as one. The emotions are tapped into when we sing a cappella. This is what heaven on earth looks like, and it is good. Well, as we face the future, life might continue to be turbulent as our world rocks backwards and forwards through fast-flowing rapids, and as we as individuals experience the daily challenges of life, and circumstances that can knock us about. However, we can be assured of God's hesed, his covenantal faithfulness, which he has shown us through his character, his gracious forgiveness, and his merciful compassion. Like David, we can hold on to this as our rock in uncertain times. And what will our response be? Will we too respond by praising God, even when times are tough? Will we praise God when everything in our lives seems to be changing constantly? Will we praise God when once again we have sinned and fallen short of his will for us? Will we praise God when we remember his goodness to us. As we finish this series of summer psalms, considering God's faithfulness, may we be encouraged by the strength that he gives us for today, the hope he provides for tomorrow, the countless blessings he bestows upon us, and may we go forward in his covenantal faithfulness, experiencing his hesed. Let's pray. God, our Father, we rejoice today to be in touch with those ancient voices of faith and to know that the promises of our loving Heavenly Father are for us today and to acknowledge that whilst we may be fragile, Still you love us to the extent that you gave your son for us, that we might be complete in him. May we worship you with songs of never-ending praise in response to your faithfulness. For in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>